This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you that are watching today, and may I encourage you to stay tuned for the next little while as we will be discussing this subject, No More Tears. Stay tuned. Now today we continue to offer the free Bible Correspondence Course, and let me emphasize for you the fact that it's free. We want you to have it, that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive the course. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Let me read today from Revelation, the 21st chapter, and I'm going to read the first four verses. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now from this text, I want you to notice especially verse 4. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Since I've been preaching the gospel, I have seen so many tears that have been shed. Tears that have been shed because people have had the loss of a loved one. T tears that have been shed because a marriage has been dissolved by divorce. Tears that have been shed because someone has been stricken with a terrible illness. The world in which we live is bathed in an ocean of tears. 
There have been tears shed because of war. There was a civil war. There was World War I, World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Persian Gulf War. Then there's the war in Iraq and now Afghanistan. And in all of these wars, there have been multiplied thousands and thousands of people who have been killed. And if we could only hear the wailing to come from the, from, the, from the families that have been left behind by all of those dead, no doubt it would be a shriek that would almost crack the vault of heaven. Oh, the world is filled with tears. If we were to go today into the inner city of some huge metropolitan city, we, we would find tears. Tears because they're children that are wandering the streets. They have no place to call their home. T tears from a mother because she's having to rear her children in a, in a drug-infested community. Tears from some mother because her child was shot in a drive-by shooting. You see, the world is a place of tears. But John in the Revelation tells us there's going to be a time when there are no more tears. And he's talking about, of course, when we get to heaven, that there will be no more tears. And he said, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there'll be no more crying. There'll be no crying there. There'll be no tears. That there are tears of compassion that are shed. Jesus shed tears of compassion over hardened sinners. When Jesus looked over the city of Jerusalem, according to Luke 19, 41, Jesus wept. Je Jesus wept because he knew what was going to happen to that city. And even told them, if you only knew what was coming, you'd be weeping too. All great persons of God, both men and women, have always been people who shed tears of compassion. They think about the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 1. Jeremiah said, Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Jeremiah was a, a prophet of compassion, a man of tears. The Apostle Paul was a man who shed tears of compassion. He, he said, I warn everyone night and day with tears. That's in Acts 20 and verse 31. The thing I find so unusual today is that there are so few tears shed over the certain things over which we ought to be weeping. We, we ought to be weeping today over a lost world. Our, our world is made up of some seven billion or so souls. 
but the majority of whom do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Bible even says the whole world lies in wickedness. The majority of people are on the wrong road in life. In Matthew 7, 13 and 14, our Lord said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way, that leadeth unto destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way, that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Well, according to Jesus here in that, those two verses, the majority of people are on the wrong road in life. And that ought to break our heart. You know, in Psalms 142 and verse 4, David said, No man cared for my soul. No one was showing compassion for him. There weren't any tears being shed. And we need to be shedding tears over the world in which we live, tears of compassion. But then there are tears of sympathy. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 15, Paul said to weep with those that weep. You remember what happened to Job? Job suffered unbelievable loss. Job lost his children, all of them. Job lost all of his belongings, everything. He even lost his health infested with sores all, all over his body, and his friends came to comfort him. And they said, in essence, some of them said, Job, you must have done something wrong for all of this bad stuff to be happening. And then his wife says, Honey, why don't you just curse God and die? That, that was just pouring salt in the wound. He didn't need that kind of help. And today we need to be shedding tears of sympathy for people that need it. If you were to ask children in the average Sunday school class to, to tell you the shortest verse in the Bible, I think every little hand would go up. And they would tell you, Jesus wept. That's it. The shortest verse in the Bible. Found in John chapter 11 in verse 35. But you know what that verse tells me about Jesus? That he knew how to shed tears of sympathy for people that were hurting. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, Paul referred to God as being a God of mercy and a God of compassion, the Father of mercies. And he said he comforts us. He comforts us in all of our tribulation that, that we may be able to comfort others with the same same comfort whereby we've been comforted of God. You see, God sees us when we're hurting and He wants to comfort us. We need to shed tears of sympathy. And then there are tears of bereavement. David had a, a, a child to die. His name was Absalom. He had rebelled against his father. He wanted really to take his father's place. And David's army was warring against his own son. And David asked the question, is young man Absalom safe? He wasn't safe. He found out that his son was in grave danger and his son eventually died. 
And he wept over that son. And he said, oh, Absalom, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, would to God I had died for thee, oh, my son, my son. David had tears in his eyes as he wept over the death of his child. God wipes away all those kind of tears by giving us promises about what happens to those who die in the Lord. Of course, back in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 13, the Bible says, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Yea, henceforth saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. But over in 1 Thessalonians, the thir- fourth chapter, beginning in verse 13, the Bible says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even also them which sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then verse 18 says, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. We are comforted. These people in Thessalonica thought that since their loved ones had died that 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 was the end of it all. But all through the book of 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, the second coming of Jesus Christ is a very prominent theme. And they're being reminded in that chapter, there's no need to shed tears over loved ones who've died. We can be comforted in the fact that one day our Lord will come and He will gather all of His home with Him. But there are tears of bereavement. There are tears of penitent souls. David sinned against God. He sinned a grievous sin. He committed adultery. And not only that, he positioned the woman's husband out in the front of the battle so the man was killed. David knew he had sinned. That that was an acknowledgement of his over in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 12. He said, I've sinned. And he wanted God to forgive him his sin. He wrote several psalms that were against the background of the sin that he had committed. And he wanted God to forgive him. He began the 51st psalm by saying, Have mercy upon upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression." Do you suppose he said that with a dry eye? I don't think so. The sin that he had committed broke his heart because he knew he had broken the heart of God. Then later in that chapter, in verse 10, he said, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities. Cleanse me from my sin. And so he needed cleansing. He needed to be washed and cleansed of his sin. And God promised that He would through Nathan the prophet. Nathan said to him, The Lord's put away your sin. 
And there are tears that are shed today because of the sins that have been committed by people, by their own sins, and by the sins that have been committed by others. Tears of penitent souls. There's the beautiful story of the prodigal son in Luke 15 who went off into the far country, wasted his substance in riotous living, and when he came to himself, he went back home. His heart was broken because he had broken the heart of his father. How long has it been since you wept in penitence? How long has it been since you shed tears because you knew that you had broken the law of God and the heart of God? But then uh, there are tears of concern. When in Acts 20, 31, Paul said he ceased not to warn every one night and day with tears. Those were tears of concern. Paul was concerned about the future of the church in Ephesus. Back in the 28th verse, he told the elders to take heed to themselves and to all of the flock over the which the Holy Spirit had made them overseers to feed the church with, which he had purchased with his blood. And then in verse 29, he said, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, that'd be crooked things, twisted things, untrue things, to draw away disciples after them. And so he warned them about the future. And he said, I cease not to warn you night and day with tears. Paul shed tears because of the danger of departure from the faith. In 1 Timothy 4 and 1, he said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and, and doctrines of devils. He warned about that departure. And there are tears that ought to be shed today. That they ought to be shed because of concern. We need to be concerned today about doctrinal purity. It is not enough just to teach something out of the Bible. We, we need to teach the Bible as it is, as it is written. And we need to teach the pure gospel. When Paul was addressing the church over in Galatia, in Galatians, the first chapter, in verse 6 beginning, he said, I marvel." that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. So here were people that had perverted the message that Paul had given to them. And in verse 8 he says, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. You see, we need to be concerned about preaching the pure gospel, not a perverted gospel. We ought to share, shed tears of concern about that.
We ought to be concerned about moral purity today. And I know that concerns parents. There are so many parents today that have said to me, I, I'm so concerned about my children today and the, and the world our children are growing up in today because there is so much moral corruption in our world today. In, there was corruption in the church at Corinth. There was a man, let, let me tell you about it. That, there was a man living with his father's wife. Some think it may have been his stepmother. They may have been. Living with his father's wife. And when Paul wrote to this church, he said, this is a sin that is so gross, it is so base, it is so immoral, it wouldn't even be found among the Gentiles. But he said, you've not mourned. You're not shedding any tears about it. But he said, instead, you're puffed up. You see, they were not concerned about the immorality in their midst. We need to be shedding tears of concern about moral purity. And what about some Christian that you know that at one time was living their Christian life with tremendous influence, but now, for some reason... They've fallen by the wayside. Does it bother you? Does it concern you? You see, there's where some tears of concern come in. For fallen people, fallen Christians, fallen wayward brethren. Galatians 6 and 1 says, If a man is overtaken in a fault, that implies that you can be overtaken in a fault. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. It takes tears of concern to do that. We ought to shed tears of concern for our young people today. And, and I love young people. I enjoy being around young people. And they have so much pressure put on them today. And it, it, it ought to concern us. You know, sometimes older people are quick to criticize the young. And they're quick to, to say... Uh, I didn't live like that, and I didn't do that. I have an idea back in your day when you were a youngster. People were saying some of the same things about you behind your back that you're saying behind the back of young people today. The truth is we need to be more concerned, and, and we need to pray for them, and we need to encourage them. We need to say words of comfort to them and, and, and try to lift them up today. Show some tears of concern and then there are tears of sacrifice tears of sacrifice by God's children some are suffering today suffering personal loss so some today are suffering personal loss because they are concerned about preaching the gospel there are some friends of ours that, that are preaching in a foreign country right now. And while over in that foreign country, those back home who had been supporting them pulled some of their support right out from under them. And that broke my heart. It broke my heart so much 
that I went and proposed to the elders of the church at Somerdale that we help them through this difficult time, which we are doing. You see, it ought to break our hearts that the people that are making personal sacrifices to help preach the gospel all over the world. I have a dear friend and who went to Indonesia because he wanted to preach the gospel there. He got quite ill while he was there, almost to the point of death while he was there. But he is not deterred even to this day. But it broke my heart to hear the great personal sacrifice that he had made. We need to serve the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears. Acts 20 and verse 19. Tears of sacrifice. So you see, well, what I've tried to show you that there are all kinds of tears. We've talked about tears of compassion, tears of sympathy, tears of bereavement, tears of penitent souls, and tears of concern, and then there are tears of sacrifice. But bless your heart, there's a time coming. There'll be no more tears because God has promised to wipe away all tears, all tears, from their eyes. Isn't that a wonderful thought? You'll never shed another tear. I'm talking to people right now who've shed oceans of tears. At least that's what you feel like. Over various things. But if you live a faithful Christian life, when it comes time to leave this world, there'll be no more tears. No. But you've got to be a Christian. I'd urge you to become one by believing on Jesus, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Him by being baptized into Him and live a faithful Christian life. And even though you may experience some difficulties in your life, there's a time coming that God will wipe away all tears from your eyes. And it just makes you want to shout, doesn't it? To think about such coming to pass. You can be a Christian today. Jesus said, He that believeth as baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 16. May I urge you to become one. And today, I want to thank you for watching. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-800-227-5278.
1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.